Do you have a story to tell about a terrible medical conversation? I want to hear from you. Please email me at christine at christinemeyermd.com. I can't wait for you to tell me more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tell Me More. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Meyer. On the show, we break down some of the worst conversations in healthcare. Why? Because I believe that together we can build better ones. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Tell Me More, where we are breaking down some bad conversations in healthcare in the hopes of creating some better ones. My guest today is a professional in healthcare conversations in many ways through her own personal experience, but also as a pharmacist who has gone on to develop her own holistic counseling company. Asha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here, Christine. I'm really excited to be here and share the stories that I've experienced. I love that. Thank you. So your company is called Pi. Tell me what that stands for and what it means to you. Yes, it's Pi Wellness Group. So Pi is my maiden name. But really what I wanted to get from that is it's, uh, it stands for the Patient Advocacy Initiative Wellness Group. What that means is I'm helping build patients who are their own healthcare advocates. And so, you know, in this world of a plethora of information that's being thrown at us every second of every day, it's just really hard to navigate what is right for me. And so that's really what I want to share with my patients is helping them navigate that as it pertains specifically to diabetes management and more holistically. That's what I want to bring through this holistic business that I've created. Wow. So that's so interesting because you are a pharmacist by training, which means you know all about medications and pharmaceuticals and drugs, but obviously you, you are focusing on more holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and so on in the treatments, very specifically of diabetes. And you got to this path, Asha, because of a personal experience, right? Correct. Yep. It was kind of twofold. So I, having been a pharmacist for many, many years, um, I was in the industry, uh, traditional retail pharmacy for about 15 years. I really sat back and I watched and felt like I was feeding people's illnesses by dispensing these medications day in and day out and not really being able to help them get or feel well or just experience life the way they wanted to experience life. And so that was really disheartening from the get-go. But I really didn't know what the inner workings of the healthcare system truly was until I started to experience illness myself. And I had to, I didn't have to, but I, I went into the traditional healthcare world of the, you know, in the United States and the Western medicine and science of it all and started to see that people weren't willing to give me answers or help me find answers to what was going wrong in my body. I got told a lot of different things. I'm sure we'll get into that in just a minute, but a lot of different things that um, were appalling to me, disheartening. And I just, I had to, spin it. And I had to figure out what was going on on my own, um, so to speak, at the beginning for the get-go. But what I started to realize as I was going through all of this is I was raised, my parents are from India. So I was raised very natural, holistic, Ayurvedic. And I clearly went into a very Western science world with pharmacies. Right. I had this like, you know, kind of dichotomy going on. And I started to realize that it's not either or. 
It's not about just the Eastern side and it's not just about the Western side. So I created this East meets West approach to healthcare and health and well-being. And I realized that until I could do that for myself, I really couldn't help anybody else. Um, and so that's what I ended up doing. Amazing. I can't wait to hear more about your current approach. But let's go back to the very beginning. So tell me about when you became ill and what your symptoms were. Yes, that, that is a laundry list of symptoms. Um, so I started noticing um, actually in my early 30s that I was starting to experience a lot of gut, gut symptoms. So a lot of different things. And I got sent to many different labs and I had to have a colonoscopy done. Asha, tell me a little bit about your personal experience, what symptoms you were having, uh, your interactions with healthcare providers about those symptoms and what went very badly for you. <laughs> so it started about 15 years ago, actually, and it's all started in the gut. And I was being told things like eat more salads and um, take a drink, a bottle of magnesium citrate over the weekend, clear yourself out and you'll be fine. So you were uh, constipated. <laughs> I was constipated. Yes, that is a good way to put it. Wow, but it was, okay. It was major. It was major. It was not something just a couple of days. I would go weeks and it was wow. painful and mm -hmm. I was, I was struggling at the end of all of that, being told all of these things that I knew were not appropriate, especially the, the magnesium citrate piece. I was like, no, this is not something you do weekend, every weekend and have to stay at the home and clear yourself out. And so they ended up sending me to have a colonoscopy at the age of 30. And that was a nightmare. I was like, this is not something you're supposed to do until you're you know, 40s, 50s, 60s kind of, you know, model, but we did it and nothing was wrong. So quote unquote, nothing was wrong with me. And so this kind of continued for a while. And then I started to have a family and with each kid, I have two wonderful, beautiful boys, but with each kid, more and more health issues started to creep in. And so I kind of just left it alone for after for kid number one, I just tried really hard to do what I knew to do, which is the healthy nutrition, physical activity. I worked with several, you know, personal trainers and nutritionists and really just tried to get the weight off and really feel good about my health and well-being. I just, I got to a roadblock. I could not get any more weight off. I couldn't feel any healthier. I was feeling exhausted all the time. So we went, I went to back to the traditional healthcare world and we got thyroid tests and all the different tests and all my numbers were coming back fine. And I do that in air quotes, even though most people can't see me, but I'm saying fine, right? Because I felt like garbage, but nobody, all my numbers came out fine. So there was nothing that anybody could do for me. And so then um, the idea of having child number two came up and I said, you know what, we're just, we're going to power through. I'm going to power through and we're going to have child number two because I really just wanted to have that second child. And we did. And I kid you not, the blessing of blessings that he is, he broke my body. <laughs> oh, God. Tell me more about that. In what way specifically? Yes. So I had him and he is almost nine years old. So nine years ago, I fell into, I literally, after having him, could barely get out of bed. I was completely fatigued. And when I say fatigued, I mean, it was like every everything in my body hurt, everything I started to experience, I definitely had weight loss resistance because I was trying to do all the right things, knowing what I know and what I do for a living, could not lose an ounce of weight and just kept putting on and on and on and on. And that was, again, despite working with nutritionists, working with personal trainers, going to the physician, 
And at that point, a little bit of my blood work, my lab work started to come back a little off, not really anything that anybody was like, oh, this is a clear cut diagnosis for you. And so as I kind of worked through a lot of this, I went to several different practitioners and different modalities, did all these different things. And I kept being told that everything was in my head. Everything so was in my stop head. stop for a second. So mm-hmm. let me, I want to, I, as much as you can remember the detail rush. So mm-hmm. here you are, you're a mom for the second time, had a baby, something happened at the end of that pregnancy, despite delivering a beautiful, healthy baby, you are overwhelmingly exhausted. Like nobody with a newborn and another child is not tired, but you are abnormally fatigued. And yeah, we all gain weight during pregnancies and we struggle to get it off, but you are like, not just can't get it off. You're gaining weight. So at some point you say, I'm going to go to the doctor. So tell me about just an example visit. So you go into the doctor, the doctor comes in and you say, Hey doctor, these are the things that are happening. And what does he or she say to you? Yes. So I do want to reiterate because you hit the nail on the head. This, I agree. I mean, I think moms in general are just tired. (laughs) We're all tired all the time because we have a lot on our plates. This was, I could barely lift my head from the bed, from the pillow. So it was complete exhaustion to the point of, I mean, I could, I was afraid to drive with anybody in the car. So it was that that bad. Yeah. The weight loss resistance. Yes, it is tough to get weight off. I am not there. That is no joke, but it was, I felt like I was doing all the right things. Like I said, I was working with the nutritionists and the physical personal trainers and they were telling me, I think you're like, there's a medical Marvel thing going on here because it's not, something's wrong. There's a medical, not Marvel, sorry, said the wrong word, medical mystery. It was a mystery because everything that I was doing that seemingly was right was actually doing, having the exact opposite effect on me. So you go into the doctor and what happens? And I am having these conversations. I'm exhausted. I can't get out of bed. You know, my weight loss resistance is off the charts, not feeling good at all, barely being able to take care of my two small children. I need help. And the conversations first led to let's get blood work. Okay. So let's get blood work. And as I mentioned before, same thing happened again. Blood work was a little bit maybe off. Okay. Well, we'll try this. So they started to give me prescriptions for the off blood work. Which was what? Usually it was around thyroid and blood sugar levels and cholesterol levels. Those are the three that were semi off. There was nothing that was blatantly, okay, you have high cholesterol, you have diabetes, you have hypothyroid or whatever, but it was a little off. So they were like, well, we'll, we'll give you some medications. We'll see if this works. And hopefully these things will help you lose weight and you'll feel better and everything will be good. I was resistant at first. I will be a hundred percent honest. So as a pharmacist, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to start on medications. I want to know it's not just these little things that are happening. Something else is deeper and going wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. I did not take the medications at first. I did not take the prescriptions because I wanted to see what the answer, what was the problem? There was something else deeper because as I stated before, it started with the gut, gut issues. And so I started to look for other answers and then things just kept getting worse. So you've had a conversation with a doctor who's like, okay, some of your blood work is abnormal. It may explain some of your symptoms. Here is some potential treatments, but mm-hmm. obviously that conversation was not satisfying to you. It was, there wasn't enough explanation. There wasn't enough investigation because as a result of that conversation, you walked out of there with prescriptions in hand 
but you're not compelled to take them even though you have felt horrible. Like I would think if I felt horrible and a doctor said to me, here, take this medicine. It's going to make you feel better. I would be like swallowing it in the car, like dry, no water. I'd just be like, let me have this medicine right now. But this conversation was so eh, wishy-washy that you were like, no, I don't believe this. I think there's more to it. Is that is that what happened? That's 100% accurate. I, I agree with you. I am all for, I'm, like I said, East meets West. I am all for medications when I know that they are going to be helpful. But at this point in juncture, I just knew that this was a write-off. Hmm. This was a write-off that somebody was just looking at me saying, hey, this is all I got for you. I don't have time to sit and listen to you. If you're just talking about weight loss and that's not why I went in. I did not go in for the weight loss. I went in for, I have two small, I have an an infant and I have a toddler and I cannot get my head out of bed. That's mm. why I went. Wow. And I was like, this is not normal. And so I knew, and, and I think this is the, the key point here, Christine, is that I knew as a pharmacist that these medications weren't going to fix that. So they may have helped some other things that were going on, but they weren't, it wasn't going to get to why am, why am I in this position? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I fought back. <laughs> and then what back. did you do? Where did you go from there? So from there, I literally just tried to take things into my own hand. And I will say that is really difficult to do when you're in the, the thick of the fire um, in the storm. But I tried and I went back to, I'm going to try doing the things that I know that I'm capable of doing. And it didn't help because I was, again, I was not able to find what was the main problem. And I think I was just adding fuel to that fire. So then eventually I went back. I had, I didn't know who else to go to. So I went back to the same physician. They said, okay, I think, and I was at that point then, Christine, that I was like, fine, give me the prescription. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was really hard for me, but I was like, all, all, all right, I'll, I give in, I'll try this. And I did, I tried the prescriptions that they told me. I did it for a good, well, I was allergic to two of them. When I say allergic, one was an injection and it was for blood sugar levels. And I started to welt up everywhere. The other one was another one for blood sugar levels that they gave me. And I got severe muscle pain. Couldn't like for 30 to 45 minutes after taking it, I was laying on the couch. I couldn't even move. So things that I couldn't take. So that was one thing that, that happened to me, but I tried it and I, and I, even with the welts and all that kind of stuff, I, I kept going. Cause I was like, okay, if this is what you're going to tell me is going to work for me, as long as it's not going to kill me, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, I'll make this work. Cause I was at the point where I was desperate. Mm-hmm. I, was very, I was feeling very desperate and nothing worked. I felt worse than I did before. And I started to really think back to all those patients that I had been helping in the pharmacy for so many years and how this may have been how they felt. Mm. They were just desperate and they were hopeless and they had no idea what else to do. And I stopped everything and I stopped going to that physician and I went to, I found another physician who at that point, the physician that I found was fantastic, but he was like, I don't know what the problems are. He was very transparent about that. And I was like, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I would rather you tell me you don't know than just to try to ply me with, you know, get me out of your office essentially. So at that point he started sending me to specialists. So I went to several different specialists at various places with various teaching hospitals, like very, you know, just really trying to find any answers that I could possibly find. And Every single one did a host of lab work, uh, blood work for me. Again, even though I had taken in all the blood work and everything that I had done up to that point, they still redid them. And I had, at that point, I had symptoms literally 
And this is over probably a two to three year time span. Okay. I had a list on my phone, my cell phone, you know, the notes section, it mm-hmm. literally went on for forever. Like I had a laundry list of symptoms and these symptoms were things like not only the exhaustion, but when it came to menstruation, I went six months without one, went nine months straight bleeding. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I was starting to lose. I started to lose my hair. I was losing my hair. I was growing hair on my face. Like everything was just off. And the thing that was interesting to me, and I was trying to explain to the physicians and the specialists that I went to go see was that there's not one particular system in my body that was affected. It was everything. It was every system in my body had a symptom that was related to it. But nobody, everybody that I went to, nobody wanted to help me figure out the answer. And I kept being told that it was in my head. All right. So you find a doctor who's a, who's more, I don't know, seems more empathetic, mm-hmm. but you know, flat out tells you like, I looked over everything. You have this huge list of symptoms. Nothing jumps out at me. So I'm not sure. Let's go see some specialists. So I'm assuming you saw like an endocrinologist, rheumatologist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rheumatologist. Uh, those are the top two that I saw. And then I, oh, well, I also went to a gynecologist. Okay. Okay. And everybody is listening and things, but they don't have a lot to offer. They just keep doing more blood work. Meanwhile, your laundry list of symptoms is growing. So then what happens? So at that point, this was actually at the height of the, the pandemic back in 2020, that this all kind of Uh, I'm going to call it the abyss. I hit the abyss. (laughs) I legitimately looked at my husband and said, we have to get my affairs in order. I'm not sure I'm going to make it to next year. Oh my God. I felt, I mean, it was, it was the, I felt like it was the end um, for me because I could not find anybody to help me. I couldn't find anybody to listen to what I was going through and actually think that there was something wrong. And so at that point, uh, I mean, I believe in divine intervention. I really do because I am a big networker and I told you I have a practice and a holistic practice. So I started at that point, everybody was networking across the country, right? And I was networking with a nutritionist out in Oregon. We met on randomly through some, you know, social media site and we were networking and talking and we were just getting to know each other. And I was explaining to her how I felt. I was like, here's, here's my story. This is what I've been going through, how, you know, X amount of years. Here's what I've been told. Here's my symptoms. And she said, I have somebody that I need you to meet. And I, she knew that I was a very East meets West approach, more holistic, more natural based gal. And she introduced me to a naturopath in Oregon. And I had been to so many different practitioners. And, and I, and I will say, like, I, I scratch the surface with, the different types of specialists and things like that. I did try, I tried some functional medicine practitioners. I tried some, I'd never tried a naturopath, but I, I had tried all these different modalities thinking that it would help. But it was, again, I was still feeling like nobody wanted to listen to and address all the different things that were going on and really look at it from a holistic point of view. It was like, everybody just wanted to look at one piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. And so ultimately I was like, all right, I'm again, desperate, hopeless, no idea what to do, where to go next. And I chatted with this naturopath in Oregon who is 
completely my life savior because I would not be sitting here talking to you right now if it hadn't been for her and myself coming together. And me knowing what I know, I had done some testing on my own, some kind of, I'm going to call it off the wall testing, which I'll explain in just a minute. And we brought all of this information together. She had her ideas. I had mine. We came together. We figured out what was wrong. So ultimately what turned out to be wrong was that I have mycotoxin illness. I bet you half the people listening right now have no idea what that is, but that, and I had no idea, but what, The way I found this was before I had met her, before I had talked to her, I had done some nutrigenomic and uh, nutrigenomic testing. And I found that I was mold susceptible. And if I had not seen that, I would have had no idea to bring this up to her. And then after I met her, we did some further mycotoxin testing and I was off the charts for all of it. What does that mean exactly? Tell me more about that. Yes. So mycotoxins are toxic mold. Um, that you have can be exposed to. I live in North Carolina, so it's you know high humidity, high rates of mold everywhere. And there are some people that are just more susceptible to that toxicity than others. And I think over the years, I had already had all these different symptoms could have sprung from this. Um, we kind of look back at my history and where I had worked, where I lived, all these different things to see where I could have been exposed to this high level of toxicity and realize that this has probably been brewing for quite some time. And I hit that, I hit the wall, I hit the brick wall in 2020. And so she and I worked together. She was very, I was very adamant that I wanted to do things as as naturally as possible if we could. And so we did. And she was like, this is going to take a lot longer than you probably wanted to, but you'll probably avoid a lot of other symptoms from taking different prescriptions. And I said, let's do it. It took about a year and a half. And I am still on that journey. Mm -hmm. I'm still on that journey, but it was middle of last year that I like, literally the fog was lifted. Mm -hmm. My energy is back. All these amazing things, you know, my hair has grown back. My um, menstruation cycles have become regular again. Like it's literally all these different things have slowly been getting back to normal for me. And so that's the gist of my story. I mean, it's literally. Other than, you know, avoiding molds that you may be susceptible to, Asha, how do you treat something like this? What were the treatments that this naturopath proposed for you? Yeah. So a lot of it was supplement based, but then we also did different modalities. So I am very big on these other natural types of things. So I use an infrared sauna. I do um, the physical activity. So I learned very, very well that a lot of this, a lot of the issue stems from chronic inflammation. So we have to address chronic inflammation. It's like a wildfire that's going on in your body. So with along with the mycotoxin illness, I also had incredible amounts of inflammation in the body. So we started looking at what is the physical activity that I'm doing? I actually went and got certified in personal training so I could really learn about what are the different types of activity that we can do. But what I had learned about myself is all those years that I was going to the personal trainers, all those years that I was pounding my body to try to lose weight and try to get healthier and get fit was actually doing more damage to me in that in that storm than actually helping. So I started looking at, you know, doing things like yoga, meditation, walking, and just very mild things that weren't causing inflammation even further in my body. So all of these different things. And then, you know, it also, again, holistically speaking, you got to think about mindset, what's going on 
inside that brain and what's causing some of these anxiety or you know any of those things that are going on within us that that turmoil and so really working on those things and it all plays a part like I, I know that a lot of people think oh I can pop a pill and it'll be fine but honestly if you don't look at all those different areas of your life that can cause stress that are causing harm then we're missing a big huge piece of that picture hmm. fascinating so I have to tell you that when you said mycotoxin and naturopath and supplement based like immediately I'm like I can't publish this podcast episode. I can't publish something where there is no data to support treatments like this. And this is in my head and I'm thinking, no, this is the you of 10 years ago. This is the Dr. Christine Meyer of, you know, pre-enlightenment, I would say, pre, I don't know. I mean, I think that part of the problem with us, you know, Western trained, board certified, science based doctors is that we are just closed off. We are not open enough about some of these other things. Now I'll tell you that I definitely practice evidence based medicine. And if you came to me and said, Hey, I need you to prescribe X, Y, and Z test and X, Y, and Z treatment, I would say, well, show me the data. Show me the research that shows that this is a thing, that this test will diagnose that thing, and that this treatment will help that thing. And the reason for that is because we, when we take our Hippocratic Oath, it's above all do no harm, right? And sometimes these things that don't have data behind them can cause harm, and we just don't know. The issue is pharmaceuticals can also cause harm. So, you know, if we are going to accept that okay, this drug has a 5% chance of a side effect, but it will likely help. You know, we have this conversation with you and you as the informed patient decide, okay, I am or I am not going to take this medicine. The same thing happens with supplements, right? So you are a pharmacist. You understand so much more than the average person about the ins and outs of things that you may put in your body. And you made a conscious choice to take this more holistic approach with supplements, et cetera, not knowing maybe the full scope of what could happen or might not, but you'd done everything else. You had gone the path of the pharmaceuticals and had a terrible outcome. So the first thing I want to say is, am I a naturopath? No. Am I going to prescribe supplements for patients for conditions? No. Not because I don't believe you when you say that they work for you, but because that's not what I know. You know, I know what I know, but I think part of being a better doctor and a better conversationalist with patients is to say like that doctor that you saw, I don't know, but I am here to support you in whatever path you take. Okay. So when you go to your naturopath and you come back to me and say, hey, my naturopath really helped me. Here are the things that I'm doing and I feel so much better. For me as a doctor, I'm like, all right. I am going to applaud that. I'm so happy for you as my patient that you are better. And I think those two philosophies can and should coexist. Maybe mm -hmm. a difference is if your naturopath had prescribed, oh, I don't know, cyanide and said, take this cyanide, Asha, because this is going to help your symptoms. I would have been like, whoa, I am not getting behind that. But I mean, I mean, obviously I'm like exaggerating to make this point, but when a proposed treatment really doesn't have true danger or palpable danger to the patient, I think we all need to be a little more open about it. And then the other half of it, I think, besides the supplements that you ingest, which is 
I'm sure what makes a lot of doctors nervous is this idea of like, you're taking something and you don't know what it could potentially do. The other piece of it is everything else you said. Instead of beating yourself up with massive diets and hardcore exercise and, you know, you know, antidepressants or whatever, all these things, how about other approaches like gentle exercise instead of a drug to make you less anxious or more happy? How about some mindfulness and meditation? You know, I think we either prescribe drugs or we believe in those things. And why? <laughs> why? As a pharmacist, you know, like there is value to the drugs and there is value to no drugs, right? So you're doing better, but I like that you said it wasn't like a miracle cure, right? No. You're still no. working at it. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I want to talk real quick to what you said at the beginning of that, which is the evidence-based medicine piece. That's what I know too. I mean, I spent years upon years in pharmacy school. Everything was evidence-based research, evidence-based medicine. You have to have the data and there is data for prescription medicine, but that doesn't mean that that data is a hundred percent right for everybody. And it's about, and this is why I created the practice that I, that I do, because it's about learning what is right for you. So there is evidence out there and there are, you know, maybe it's not as widespread evidence, but there is what evidence on, you know, these modalities and the supplements and things like that. And so it's about learning and having that practitioner that wants to listen and help you navigate it. And that's what I found. It wasn't even the naturopath that I found. It wasn't just here, this is what you're going to go do. It was conversations. It was here and, and it allowed me to go figure out, is it something that I want to go do? Is it something that I want to go take? And having the right people on your side, on your team. And it was a team approach for myself. I was the patient in the situation, but I was also the practitioner because I do have that background. I had my, my traditional primary care physician. Like you said, it was somebody who didn't know and didn't quite very similar to you, like didn't quite, I don't know, but as long as you're feeling better, as long as you're on board. And I was able to bounce ideas off of him. And I had the naturopath over here. That was, it was a very good, I must call it a triangle, right? At that point in time where I had two people on my side helping me through this. And I think that's a really important piece to say is that you're not in this alone and you shouldn't be. And you shouldn't just be fighting this battle on your own because it's a battle. Mm -hmm. We talk about our health and and well being, and so it is really important for for that from that perspective to say, okay, let's look at all angles of this. And I am all for, as I said, east meets west. It is not an either or. Right. Um, you know, at this point, I will I'll be transparent. I'm on Synthroid because I have a thought. I was I now, just going to ask you that. I was going to ask you if you take any pharmaceuticals. I do. That is my pharmaceutical. It is the only one that I take, but. After all of this has been cleared up, I do have a thyroid issue and it does. My mom has a thyroid issue and it's, it, you know, and I was like, okay, this is it. And I can take it and I've been taking it and it, it works. And so, but everything else that I take is all more natural or I'm doing the natural modalities. And I sincerely believe, I mean, I know I can tell a difference when I haven't done certain things for my body. And what I mean by that is if I haven't taken time to de-stress in the day, if I haven't, um, if I'm overburdening myself, I can immediately feel it now. And I think the message there, Christine, is that this is about self-awareness because for years upon years in that mode of, I'm going to say putting out fires daily in my body and my health, I was not able to be self-aware. I had no idea what was actually wrong or how, how I was feeling. It just was, it just was. 
just felt like garbage and that's all I knew. And so now that I've seen the other end of it, when I start to creep, I'm like, whoa, I got to stop and I need to do something to, to help myself in this moment because I'm already starting to feel like this hurts or that hurts and that's not normal. <laughs> that's not right. okay. And I think self-awareness is the key here is if when we get into that mode of just going day to day and not stopping and not feeling like you can be heard, that's what ends up happening is you end up in this abyss. And I, whatever I can do to share that with people to say, don't fall into that abyss. Or if you are there, it is not the end. There are other ways to help you and to help figure out. And there are people out there that actually will listen and will care. Wow. What a compelling story, Ash. And for me, even just listening to you talk, I'm feeling my, you know, my shift in my thinking because there's, there's still so much skepticism about some of these non-traditional ways of managing disease and well-being. And I think, you know, my shifting and my openness has definitely happened over time. You know, when, when I got out of training at a residency, I was like, nope, like this is what we know. This is what works, period, the end. And, but it takes, it takes making mistakes with patients. Sadly, but it's so true. It takes almost forcing drugs upon a patient and watching the downstream effects of that. And then seeing another patient who has, you know, respectfully declined medication and gone their natural route and done much better and seeing the full spectrum to Mm -hmm. make me more open, more pliable in terms of my approach to patients. And I think that's really all we can ask for of both sides, you know? So if I am working with a patient who's also working with a naturopath, if that naturopath is, you know, firmly and just unmovable when I think a patient needs a prescription medicine, I lose respect for that naturopath. Mm -hmm. And the same thing should hold true for us as Western trained doctors. Like if you're working with both and your Western trained doctors, like, oh, hell no, like this is nonsense. Like, you lose respect for that doctor. I, I think we just have to put our heads together for and our approaches together, our training modalities together for the betterment of the patient above all else. So let me close by asking you this, Asha. A lot of my episodes focus on, you know, patient stories kind of like yours, and then patients saying, well, if you're not getting what you need, advocate for yourself. That seems to be like a running theme. For you, you sort of had this accidental encounter with, you know, someone who introduced you to this naturopath. But now that you've been through that whole thing, right? And now that you have a business that combines your pharmaceutical training with your, you know, holistic approach to managing disease, your lifestyle management, how should a patient who really does believe in Western medicine and wants to do what's right for them, but also wants to explore the idea that maybe it's not the be all and end all. How does a patient bring that conversation to their physician? And follow up question, how does that physician respond to that patient in a way that maintains the relationship? That's a really good question. So I think as a patient, um, and so for me, from that patient perspective, when I was there, was I, I very much respectfully did things, right? So I wasn't just putting down, and I know about prescriptions, right? And so I know, but it was having that conversation and saying, I'm just, I'm not ex- fully accepting of what is being told to me right now. 
So I would like more help. I would like to understand a little bit better. So getting that understanding and then really being, again, self-aware, being aware of what is the response that you're getting in return. There are, you know, other other practitioners, other people out there that you can turn to if this is not the response that you are happy with. But I think that being able to start that conversation and say, this is kind of where I'm coming from and letting the physician know, even up front, like this is my approach to things and seeing what the response is. And then from the flip side, as a physician, like you said, Christine, I mean, I know, I mean, even when I first came out of pharmacy school, it was, no, this is it. This is the, you know, and so if we are as practitioners in that mindset, then we also need to explain that too and say, okay, that's just not, you can respectfully say that and say, that's just not where I'm coming from. You know, I am always of the mindset as a from the practitioner standpoint that if I am not the person that can help the patient that's sitting in front of me, I would love to be able to give them a referral to somebody that is, or that could be a potential. So I love to kind of build that network of people to say, okay, if I'm not the one that can do this for you, I've got a couple people in mind. You can absolutely go talk to them. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I want the best for you. And so I think that's where I feel like if we as practitioners can come from and say, the, the whole end all to the healthcare system is the better patient healthcare outcomes. Mm-hmm. It's the, patient, the patients in the middle. I always like to visualize a, a wheel, right? The middle part of the wheel is a patient and all the spokes are their healthcare, are their healthcare practitioners. And so we all need to be working together. It's not, it's not an, a, you know, an, a, we're, we're not working against each other. And I right. feel like throughout my 20 plus years of being in healthcare, I've heard that many times as, you know, stop stepping on my toes. You're, you're just a pharmacist, you know, this kind of thing. And it's not just this. It's not, you're just a physician. It's not, I'm just a pharmacist. It's we're here. We know what we know and we're here to help that patient. So let's come together and figure it out. Maybe I don't have all the answers. I'm not saying that I have all the answers, Right. right? But what can you tell me and teach me as well? It's a learning process all the way through. I think that's it, right? I mean, I think the willingness to still learn, maybe Mm -hmm. that's where doctors, traditional doctors are closed off too, is they're just like, what I know is what I know, and I'm not willing to step outside of what I was taught or trained to do umpteen years ago. So, and even in my practice, I find that as I've gotten older, like I take oil of evening primrose because I'm going through menopause. and. I don't know. Is it helping? Maybe, but I know it's not hurting me and it may be helping a little bit, right? But my younger doctors in my practice, I am sure they would be like, oh no, Mm -mm." they would be rolling their eyes at this idea. So part of it comes just from maturing, you know, in your mind and in your openness as a, as a healthcare provider, but also maturing in your body (laughs) and realizing that, listen, I would rather take oil of evening primrose than, you know, hormones, let's say, you know, not that hormones are all bad in another conversation, but I think really just being, like I said before, more pliable in some situations will definitely be for the betterment of the patient. So Asha, thank you so much for your story. So compelling. So your practice, PI, tell me again what it stands for? Patient Patient Advocacy Initiative and then Wellness Group. Yeah. So PI Wellness Group. And you focus on diabetes and helping patients manage their diabetes without, but also with pharmaceuticals sometimes, right? Correct. So we, it's a holistic diabetes management process and program. And when I say holistic, I mean holistic. (laughs) So we are looking at all of the different 
aspects to a person plus medication management. So I'm not, I never tell anybody that I can 100% get you off of medications. But if we can look at some of these other things, lifestyle, nutrition, physical activity, internal, you know, things that are going on, then can we help you along this journey? Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the work that you are doing. I will absolutely vouch for the need to incorporate lots and lots of modalities, especially in diabetes management. I'll never forget, I had a patient who had a hemoglobin A1C of 14 when I met him, and I was ready to prescribe all kinds of things. And he said, listen, give me six months and let me see what I can do. And I was this was my, my younger self. <laughs> and I was like, no, like there's no way you're going to get your A1C from 14 to anything in this stratosphere without medication. And I remember feeling like, oh, what a waste of his time. This poor guy, he's going to come back. He's definitely getting a prescription for metformin at least. Right. And he came back six months later and his A1C was like seven. And he had just completely transformed his life. He lost a ton of weight. He was exercising. He was doing things like yoga. I mean, he had gotten out of a really, really toxic relationship. And I remember thinking like, wow, yeah, stress definitely can impact your blood sugar. So like, you know, I've witnessed that approach to diabetes management and I've been on both ends of it. I've been the skeptic thinking mm -hmm. like, dude, this dude's just wasting his time. And I've been like very humbled <laughs> by that patient coming back and saying like, woo, look at me now. And I love celebrating those stories. So again, thank you so much, Asha, for being here. I, uh, I would love to have you back just to share more anecdotes, maybe some patient experiences that you've had from your, from the practitioner side. That would be amazing for everybody listening. If you've had some terrible healthcare conversations, please email me, christine at christinemeyermd.com. I can't wait for you to tell me more. Thank you so much for listening. Are you ready to join our conversation? Just go to Facebook and search Christine Meyer MD. Follow us to join 14,000 other people committed to creating better conversations in healthcare.